Hey guys, welcome to the 5-1 Volleyball Podcast, the best way to follow the stats, storylines, tournaments, players, leagues, and everything else going on in the world of professional. Today's episode, we are going to talk club volleyball, Italian, Polish, Russian seasons now underway. We're going to talk a little Champions League. The draw for the fourth round was on Friday. Talk about who did well this weekend across those leagues, who did poorly, any storylines, news, stuff like that. So I hope you enjoy the podcast. So let's go to Italy, where we just finished the second round of play in the league. Trentino, Modena, Lubecci, Vitanova, all with six points, the maximum amount available so far. All of them winning both their games 3-0. Pretty impressive so far from them, but those were three of the four teams we expected to be at the top of the rankings and will almost undoubtedly be there at the end of the season. The fourth team in there, Perugia, who was my preseason pick to win the championships. They did actually drop a game 3-0. This was a fourth round game that they had to play a bit earlier because of scheduling conflicts. Namir Abdelaziz was fantastic in that one, scoring 26 points, hitting 26 for 38, 68%. No aces, no blocks, but still very strong attacking performance from him, especially 26 points in three sets. Pretty amazing, over eight points per set. However, the fortunes reversed for Perugia and Milano in the actual second round matchup over the weekend. Perugia very easily dispatching Verona, who's already starting to have troubles with that second outside spot that Garrett Magutitia will hopefully be joining the team soon to fill in that void. But for now, they're playing Asperu Asperov and Federico Moretta, which might just be the worst combination of outside hitters, not just among playoff teams, but like the league in general. It's pretty brutal. Moretta two for nine in that game and Asperov nine for 19. Plus, Boyer wasn't exactly killing it either, so really tough game from the Verona Wings. I can I can see them struggling to score all the way throughout the season. This is why I said I don't think Verona is a lock to make the playoffs at all like they have been the last couple of years. I think the Wings on this team are just a, a little weaker than they have been in the past. Milano lost to Lubicic Tanova 3-0, even without Bruno, who made a brief appearance during the game, should be uh, back to full health relatively soon. But Stein Duelst coming in, setting a great match for Lubicci Zanova, winning 3-0. I was expecting a little more from Milano. They looked really good in the first couple of games against Perugia and against Monza. But that hot start definitely cooled off a bit in this game. However, I still think Milano is going to be a great team going forward. They are really going to struggle in the middle position. Matteo Piano out for the entire season with an ACL injury, which is really too bad. Because he had kind of a resurgence this summer playing for the Italian national team. Was playing some of the best volleyball of his career. Now got the terrible news that he's out for the season with an ACL injury. And he's getting to the age where those can really start to rob you of your athleticism. Additionally, Amoni Letti was not available to play in this game because of a heart condition. So they ended up having to play outside hitter Fabrizio Gironi in the middle. Who, who I haven't really even seen play the outside before. Only had one point in the game, obviously. It's asking a lot for an outside hitter to play middle. I remember Milad Abadapur had to play a game in middle last year for Scott Beltotov, but 
you know, really tough ask, especially for some of these uh, outside hitters. Probably never played middle before, so that really affected their blocking in this game. It looks like they might actually have to go out and get a transfer into uh, the middle block because, you know, relying on Amoni Aleti every game and then having no one behind him. Pretty risky uh, protocol for Milano. Padova had a convincing 3-0 win against Vibo Valencia, their first game of the season. We got to see a bit of TJ DeFalco, however, he seems to have a pretty short leash right now. Did not get a ton of playing time, but played quite well when he was on the court. We saw the starting lineup as Timothy Carl, Swan Engapet, and Abuba on the wings. However, I really can't see either Carl or Swan Engapet starting above TJ DeFalco. In the medium term, I think the sooner they put TJ into that starting role, the better. For Padova, they once again went with the Randazzo-Barnes combination at the outside hitter position. Still no Ishikawa, he's still kind of sitting on the bench. We'll see if that continues to be a trend for them. Santiago Danani with a very well-deserved MVP in this game. With 10 out of 15 of his passes being perfect, three passes right to the setter. Very impressive stuff from him. Other than that, Ravenna got the first win of the season against Sora. Trentino beat Monza 3-0, and yeah, Monza's played a couple of tough teams so far and hasn't really had a chance to play one of the weaker teams in the leagues, but that's two 3-0 losses in a row for Monza. Bartosz Kurek is playing all right, but other than that, Zavaronok is struggling to start the season. And just the passing and serving from the team in general is really not where it needs to be right now. I suspect this will be a team that'll always lose to the kind of the top teams of the league, but comfortably beats some of the weaker ones. But for anyone who thought Bartosz Kurek would come in and magically make Monza a contender, for Trentino, they sat Uroš Kovacevic in this game. It's kind of a nice luxury to have where you can sit one of your top players, although... You know, there's an argument to be made that uh, Aaron Russell and Clement Chebul could just be the starters for the rest of the season. I don't think that'll be the case. I think Kovacevic definitely brings more of an overall game than Chebul. But it's nice to have, you know, three really high-tier outside hitters. So if one of them needs to rest, they can, especially with guys like Kovacevic and Aaron Russell, who have had a few injuries in the past, especially, especially Russell, who I feel like is almost always dealing with some kind of nagging injury. But he looks good right now, winning MVP in that match, 10 for 21 hitting, one block, one ace. So Trentino definitely looking like a contender right now. I know they fell a bit short last year, but I think the, the team is gelling even better right now than they did last year. In Poland, we had our first matches of the regular season in the Plusliga. If you didn't know, we're back to the regular system of playoffs in the Plusliga, so it'll no longer be si be six teams making the playoffs. It's going to be eight teams. In my opinion, I actually liked the uh, six-team playoffs a lot. It really made every game of the regular season just a bit more important. You know, only really the, the best of the best had the opportunity to make the playoffs. So the Plusliga, I think, will be closer, closer than any of the other major leagues this season. So, you know, in Italy... The big four, Modena, Trentino, Perugia, and Lubitschivtanova, clearly the best four teams in the league. In Russia, we have a big, you know, three to six, depending on how you slice it, with Zenit Kazan, Fekel Novi Urengoy, Kuzbas Kemerovo, Dynamo Moscow, maybe Lokomotiv Novosibirsk, maybe Belgorod are going to be the contenders in the that league. Brazil, we have the big four, Cezzi Sao Paulo, uh, Cezzi Rio de Janeiro, Sada Cruzeiro and Tabate. And to be fair, in Poland, we still do have Zaksa, Katusian Kozil, and also Skra Belshatov. But I think, you know, I don't think those two teams are, you know, going to dominate the league completely this year. 
Belshitov can no longer rely on Marish Vlajli to just dominate every game. Zaksek is lost Sam Daru, their best player, right before the season started. Really unfortunate for them. And you know, the, the other teams in the league are making some big moves. Rosovia added quite a few good players. However, they did lose in the first round to Katowice, who managed to get Rafael Shijimura from Zaksa Kajushin Kajli, who I bet <laughs> wish they keep to them after they lost Sam Daru. Uh, Sizimura winning MVP in that match. Jan Frelej, the six-foot-tall Polish setter, coming back from his uh, training in Belgium to play back in the Polish Plusliga. Did a great job of distributing this match. Something about short setters, it just makes the game of volleyball like a little more aesthetically pleasing to watch. It's just really nice to see the ball. It seems like the ball is moving faster and it's more satisfying to watch. Nicholas Hogue, Canadian outside hitter, was the leading scorer for Rosovia in this one with 20 points. Coming off a fairly successful summer where he played a big role uh, in the World Cup and in the Olympic qualifiers for Canada. And should definitely be one of Rosovia's main offensive options. We weren't sure who was going to start in the second spot. I thought it was going to be Thomas Rousseau, however I'm not sure if he's completely ready or they just were doing some funny things with their foreigner spots with uh, Kawika Shoji and Luke Perry and Nick Hogue and Nicholas Marichal. However, if, if they can't get Thomas Rousseau on the court, I think he's definitely their second best or even best outside hitter. Skral Belchatov took down Trefilgadansk 3-1, which is actually a closer game than I thought it would be. Gdansk losing... Pyotr Novikovsky and Maciej Muzai, who I think were definitely their two best players last season. However, they did add Pablo Querre, the Argentinian middle, as well as Bartosz Filipiak, who I haven't seen play a ton of volleyball so far in his career, but was pretty impressive in this game. Quite a good athlete, maybe not so much of a vertical athlete as a guy like Maciej Muzai, but he's very strong, very tough to dig for the opponents. Scored 22 points in this one, 20 for 39 hitting. However, did make five attacking errors, so that's a bit tough. But I'm a little more comfortable with him as the starter than I was before the season. It was nice to see Arthur Shalpuk back on Skral Belchatov. Missed quite a bit of last season dealing with injuries. Played a bit with the Polish national team this summer, but uh, did not see the court that much due to their strength at the outside hitter position. Struggled a bit in this one, only hitting 3 for 13, but Milada Badipur picked up the slack, hitting 14 for 26, and so did Dusan Pikovic, hitting 17 for 35. Good win for Skra, however, they are my loser of the weekend for a point that came in the, I believe, first set where Pavel Halaba hit a pipe shot. Great hit. Hit it pretty high to position 1, caught Gregor Lomash in the head, went pretty far, bounced pretty far off of Gregor's Lomash, all the way into the crowd. And this is key that the ball went really high because Halaba went under the net to go, you know, apologize to uh, Gregor's Lomash. Great show of sportsmanship. You ping someone in the face. Usually nice to kind of check up on them. However, when he did so, he the ball was still in the air, which uh, the Scraw players were very quick to point out, yelling at coach to call a challenge, which he did succeeded because Halapo was a nice guy and went to go check on Gregor's Lomage. Definitely a bad show of sportsmanship from Skra Belchatov, who are definitely going to beat Trefla Gdansk anyway. You know, <laughs> kind of feel bad for Laba, you know, trying his best to be nice. Probably has a lot of respect for Lomage as kind of a uh, pretty established setter and player in Polish volleyball. All he was trying to do was a uh, be a nice guy and apologize to Lomash and 
he got punished for it, unfortunately. So Scrub Belchatov, players and coach, losers of the week. And my winner of the weekend is the next team I'm going to talk about, Project Versava, formerly Oniko Versava, got a 3-1 win over Bedzin, who, granted, not the best team in the league by any means. I think they would have been relegated last year had it not been for Sessishin, uh losing their sponsor and having to drop out of the, se- the league partway through the season. But man, it must have been a stressful summer for that uh, coaching staff, for the you know the club, for the players signed to the club, wondering if they were going to have to find a new club or if they were going to get their money for the season. But a lot of them stuck through it. There were a couple of guys who left. Uh, Bram Vandedries, one of the players that was supposed to play for Versava but left. Bartosz Kirak, another one of those players. But the guys who stayed are still pretty good. Bartosz Folek. Antoine Brizard, Peter Novakovsky. So definitely still a very solid team from Versava. You know, I guess they definitely would have liked to have Bram van de Dries or Bartosz Kur. But apparently Belarusian opposite Artur Udris is supposed to be joining the team uh, in short time. So good win for them against Bedzin, who saw the first game from TJ Sanders, Canadian setter, has not played a lot of volleyball recently. Definitely going to take some time to get back into it, but... I'm excited to see what he can do with this Bedson team. I think with TJ leading the way, I don't think they're going to be the relegated team in this season of the Plus Liga. Olsten had a 3-2 win over Rodom. Jan Hadrava, the MVP in this one. But more importantly for Olsten, it was the first game for Syed Musavi, the superstar Iranian middle blocker. Fantastic first showing for him with 9 for 11 hitting, 82%, 5 kill blocks. A lot of other block touches. Just looked really quick, looks athletic, hungry for the ball every time. And he he's going to make them a dangerous uh, team. I wish their wings were a little stronger than they were. Unfortunately, Robert and Drinjan Wojciech-Zelinski. It's a nice little offense-defense thing going on, but not really uh, A-tier players. But we'll see if the rest of the team can make up for that. Maybe Matej Mika will return to form at some point this season. A little doubtful after... What happened in Rissovia last year, though. For Radom, different look team this year. Protop Saltis, 15 for 32. Decent showing this one. You know, there were some worries about whether he would be able to deal with the more physical league in Poland. Doesn't seem to be the case too much so far. He was already hitting against blockers much bigger than himself in Germany. And that doesn't really change when you're coming to Poland. You know, extra couple inches here or there. Not going to make a huge difference when you're already giving up half a foot to most of your blockers. In Russia, we saw dominant victories for most of the top teams, which I kind of referred to earlier. Only one five-setter between Lokomotiv Novosibirsk and NSA Krasnoyarsk, who actually have a couple of decent foreign players in Todor Skrimov, the Bulgarian outside hitter, and Ian Ereshenko, who was a starter uh, this summer for the Eurovolley Ukrainian team. Also, they have Kirill Kletz, who's that kind of, you know, maybe one of the next Russian opposites coming through the system, was on their junior national team for a while, played in Germany last season, but he's finally ready for Russia. They played Novoskobrisk pretty close. Really the only reason why they won was Marko Ivovic hitting 18 for 27, only three airs, also adding an ace for 19 points. I really don't like the rest of their roster, though. I think Novoskobrisk is definitely going to be on the outside of those Russian elite teams that have a chance at maybe... Uh, meddling this season the performance of the week so my three awards in my monday recap podcast performance of the week winner of the league loser of the week and the performance of the week goes to sam deru 
in his first game with Dynamo Moscow, hitting 15 for 19 with three aces and two blocks. So a pretty dominant performance, you know. Usually when guys go to the Russian League, it's very physical. The blockers are huge. The play is very slow. A lot of really powerful jump serves. So it takes time for people to adjust. But I guess not Sam DeRue. His athleticism really showed in this one. Very tough for him to block. And granted that they weren't exactly playing the best team in the league. But still definitely a good sign of things to come for Dynamo Moscow. Not really a fan of the way he just ditched Zaxa right before the season started. But you know we've already been over that a couple times. However, no Steven Marr in this game. Not sure if he's still recovering from his pretty busy summer where he just got back from the World Cup. Or they just want to play Yuri Berezko, who's a very strong player in his own right. Definitely Marr, the stronger option in my opinion. But maybe they felt that he was not quite ready to play in the Russian League yet. For those of you who are curious, Machi Muzai had his first game with Gazprom Surgut. Definitely was brought in to be a huge focal point of their offense. He got 45 sets in the game compared to the second most person who got 16 sets. Third most set person had seven sets. So definitely Muzai is going to have quite a set load this season. In this game hit 21 for 45, which is all right, but also got blocked six times, which is a very matchy Muzai stat line. Also added four blocks of his own to kind of even it out. On the other side of the net, Belgorod saw Pavel Tetyukin start, who, if you don't know, Sergei Tetyukin, Russian volleyball legend, it's his son, so that's kind of cool to see. Rosalind Penchev also starting for them. Struggled in this one, only hitting 4 for 13. However, like Muzai, adding 4 blocks, lots of blocks in this game. 16 for Belgorod in the match. Drazen Lubrich also making his first appearance for Belgorod. A little better hitting 14. So the Russian League is a little bit shorter this season, if you weren't aware, to accommodate the tough summer schedules, both last summer and also obviously next summer. So in other news, we had the drawing of lots for the Champions League fourth round take place on Friday. For those of you who don't know, the fourth round is basically the start of the Champions League, even though it's called the fourth round. The first three rounds are basically to just give a bunch of other teams a chance at the final two slots out of 20 slots available to teams in the fourth round. So obviously, if you're going through that gauntlet, you probably don't have a great shot at actually meddling. However, last year we did see uh, Chaumont make it to the playoff stage coming through the, uh, the first three rounds, but it's pretty uncommon in general. So basically, the fourth round has five pools of four teams each. Different spots are available to different leagues, I guess, depending on the perceived strength of the league. So, for example, Italy and Russia and Poland all have three spots available. Turkey, Belgium, and Germany have two spots available each, while France, the Czech Republic, and Slovenia all have one spot available each in the last two, as I mentioned earlier, go to the winner of the first. So I'll just give some brief thoughts on my first impressions out of each of the first few pools, do it a bit more in-depth as we get closer to the actual start of the fourth round, which will start in December, but the first pool, Pool A, Kucine Lubicivitanova, Fenerbahce Istanbul from Turkey, Ceske Budajovice from the Czech Republic, and Trentino also from Italy. So this is where the system they use gets a bit dicey because oftentimes the third team in Italy is going to be one of the best teams in the entire tournament, but 
because of the way they seed it that a champion from kind of a weaker country will get the seeding above uh, Trentino, even though Trentino, you know, would, you would put them as a top five team in this entire tournament. So that's going to be tough. Luckily, two teams make it through from each pool. So Trentino and Cucine Lubici of Denovo should have no trouble uh, making it through in this one. And Lubici of Denovo will be interesting, especially because they will be able to play all their foreigners at the same time. Camille Richlicki, uh, Matej Biniak, Yuandri Liao, Bruno, Robert Landy-Simon. So that'll be interesting to see that full-strength team uh, play together. Trentino doesn't benefit as much, but still a very good team nonetheless. Although Fenerbahce is going to be one of the most dangerous Turkish teams. They have some extremely competent wings in Thibaut Rossard from France, Wouter Termat, opposite from the Netherlands, who backs up Namir Abdelaziz, and also Hidalgo, the Cuban outside hitter who got, you know, kind of had struggled last season with Yastrzeb Juvegil, but ended up being the MVP of the Turkish league with Fenerbahce by the end of the season. So they're a team to watch out for. Still kind of got an unlucky drawing because maybe they would have had a chance in a different pool. Highly doubtful for this one, though. The Czech team in this pool doesn't really even have any players from the Czech national team, so their chances are pretty close to zero. But this pool will be great just for the uh, Trentino versus Gucine Lube Chivitanova game. Pool B, we have Russian champions Kuzbaz Kemerovo, Berlin recycling volleys from Germany, Achvali Ljubljana from Slovenia, and Fekel Novi Urengoy from Russia. So three pretty strong teams in this pool. Kamarova will see if they can uh, continue the magic that they did last year, winning the Russian League title by beating Zenit Kazan in the finals and ending their streak. They pretty much have the same players coming back, so it's definitely in play. Berlin, however, is bringing in quite a few new players. They still have Lagoff, Patch, Jeffrey Jendrick from last season. However, that wasn't enough Americans for them, as they also brought in Kyle Ensing, graduating from LBSU. Cody Kessel, who has had a couple great years in the uh, German league so far. And also Julian Zanger, the German national team libero, who I think had a fantastic summer with the German national team and, and is really going to be an upgrade from uh, Wadden in Rosard. So maybe not Berlin's best team of the past few years, but should probably still give these other guys some trouble. Fekel Novi Uringoy, largely with the same roster as last year i'm excited to see them in the champions league they're really fun to watch with the dynamic outside hitter duo of igor kliuka and dmitry volkov and then eric shoji just slides in there perfectly both those guys not the best passers so eric just comes in passes every float serve possible and uh really improves their reception line the only real difference for them is christian patter coming in for arthur udris patter is much smaller more athletic faster than udris so they might have to adapt their playing style to him but he's had some pretty good seasons in uh korea we'll see if that will translate actually Ljubljana has some interesting players their opposite bozidar vucicevic who is the fourth opposite in the serbian depth charts behind atanasevic lubric and uh pekovic but still i saw him play this summer in ottawa at the nations league and he, he can definitely hold his own i think people would know who he is more if he wasn't behind three other top-tier opposites, but he's about 6'9", really strong hitter, still a bit rough around the edges, but I think this guy can be a great player. Also, Kyle D'Agostino, libero, just graduated from Stanford, had a bit of time with the American national team this summer, and for now, looks to be kind of like the next guy behind Shoji. 
However, I don't think they'll stand a chance in this pool. I think actually the fourth seed in this pool, Fekel Novi Uruguay, is going to be the one that makes it out of it. And then probably Kuzbaz Kemerovo, number two. I think the two Russian teams will make it out. Fekel, I think Igor Kaluka, Dmitry Volkov will be doing everything they can to make an impression in their first Champions League. And, you know, it's unlikely, but maybe they can take out one of the Italian teams and actually win the entire thing. Pool C, we have Zenit Kazan, Hawkbank Ankara from Turkey, Grignard Masaic from Belgium, and Jastrzebski Vagiel from Poland. This is a pool, unlike the last two, there's no real weak team, no no automatic win for anyone in this pool. Zenit Kazan, obviously, extremely successful in their volleyball in the Champions League so far this decade. The major change for them this year is bringing in Bulgarian superstar opposite Svetin Sokolov. Even though they already have Maxim Mikhailov at the opposite position, he is supposed to be switching to the outside hitter position uh, for the upcoming season. We haven't seen Zenit Kazan play yet. They did not play in that first round of action in the Russian Super League, so still waiting on uh, actually seeing uh, Maxim Mikhailov at outside hitter in practice, but if everything goes to plan for them and he, and he proves to be a strong opposite hitter, Hawkback Ankara from Turkey can't see them providing too much of a challenge to the other uh, top teams in this pool. Yorgi Seganov setting Medin Toy at opposite Goons at the middle blocker position. So a few good players, a few mainstays with the Turkish national team, but without the stronger form players that Ankara usually gets, I can very easily see them coming in last place in this pool. Masaic once again has kind of an interesting combination of players as they usually do. They brought in Yuri Semenyuk. He's huge at 6'11 and not too lumbering considering his size. Really good at hitting around the block, finding the sideline. Also a very dangerous blocker. Great pickup for Masaic. However, they are losing their setter, which was a reason for a lot of their success last season in Canadian Jay Blankenau. Jan Zimmerman's a pretty competent backup, but but I think they'll definitely take a bit of a hit in that department. They also brought in Rasmus Bruning, the Danish outside hitter over from Sora. Had a decent time with them, still young enough, still improving, so not sure what we're going to get out of him this season. But overall, kind of an interesting team for Mosaic. A lot of question marks, though. Could they be better than Ankara? I think for sure. Would I bet on it? Definitely not. But either way, it should probably provide a bit of a roadblock to the other teams in this pool. And then the last team in Pool C is Yastrebji Vagil, who decided that their third place in the Plus Liga was not enough. They brought in some really good players, including Graham Vigras, Canadian middle blocker, one of the best middle blockers in the game right now. So that's going to be a huge addition for them, especially on offense, pairing him next to Yuri Gladder. They also brought in Tomasz Fornal, part of that young golden Polish generation, along with Jakub Kohanowski and Bartosz Folek. Norbert Huber, Tomasz Fornal is right up there with them. And I think will, by the end of the season, be starting over Christian Fromm alongside Julian Viniel. As good as they are, though, I don't really see them beating Zenit Kazan. We did see Kazan almost lose to Trefl Gdansk. Jastrzebski Vigil catches them on a, on a tough day. I think there, there could be a shot, but unlikely I'd definitely pick Zenit Kazan to win this pool. Pool D, Perugia, Project Rasava, who were my winners of the week, Tours, and we don't know the fourth team yet. That is going to come out of round three. So I'll talk about the three teams that are in the pool so far. We've already seen Perugia play a bit this season. I think it's going to be more of the same 
rely a lot on their serving, rely a lot on their out-of-system offense. It's going to be really interesting who we see Vidal Heinen go with in the Champions League. I assumed that Oleg Plotnitschke and Wilfredo Leon would both start together along with Podra Shannon in the middle. However, we've already seen that Heinen has sometimes gone with Lanza and Leon in the regular season already, even though he could be playing Plotnitschke with Podra Shannon on the bench. So definitely not a starting spot guaranteed for Plotnitschke. <laughs> I don't know if I necessarily agree with that move. I think you should let Ole play through the kind of rough parts of joining a new team because he is definitely one of the most talented players on your team and he adds so much and he wasn't even the worst passer really in Monza last year. They also have a pretty competent fourth outside hitter in Robert Tott. Maybe he gets into the mix somehow. I know there's other people who are a lot higher on him than I am. In my opinion, he's not quite good enough of a defensive player and passer to make up for his lack of height even if he is a very talented and skilled attacker, given that he's only, I think, 6'3". Project Versava, I already talked about earlier in the podcast, definitely has a few nice players. Tours, who has been a dominant force in the French Volleyball League over the past few years, I think took a bit of a step back compared to their season last year. They've already been struggling a bit to start out the French League. They lost two really good middle blockers in Barthélemy Chininez and also Mitch Stahl. Their legendary libero Hubert Heno has retired and is now the coach. And they really just don't have a second outside hitter to put beside Wunenbena. Like, I feel like a team like this, you know, even though they don't have the biggest budget ever, can afford a bit better than the players they got, maybe try and find a value somewhere. So I don't see them being a threat, even though they did a decent job replacing the guys who left, Nicholas Brossard in for Hubert Heno, and then Price Jarman and Timo Timima in for the two middles, but I, those players aren't really close to replacing the guys they came in for, so I don't see Tours as a real threat in this pool. So Perugia, in case you couldn't tell, should easily, easily get through Pool D. Tours did give them a little trouble last year in the pool phase. They were both in the same pool that year as well, but Tours got worse and Perugia got better, so <laughs> it, was, it already wasn't close, and it's going to be even bigger difference this season. The last pool, Pool E, could be pretty interesting. Zach said, because there's Kozdal, who I've talked about, losing Matej Biniak and Sam Deru. So two of the best players at each of those respective positions. Pretty tough loss. However, they still have Taniuti. They still have Zatorski. They still have Schlifka. They still have Kazmarek. So they still have a lot of their core players from last year and very elite volleyball players. And they brought in David Smith, American middle blocker. Great pickup for them, in my opinion. Simon Parody and Peter Lukashik hopefully should... At least one of them could provide uh, something besides Schlifka on uh, the outside hitter position. And Arpad Baroti, a Hungarian opposite to maybe uh, provide some competition to Kazmierik so he doesn't get too complacent. The second team in this pool, a very new look VFB Fraser Schaffen, probably most notably losing their coach Vidal Heinen who was not supposed to coach club volleyball at all this year and focused purely on coaching the Polish national team, but eventually got convinced by Perugia. That's not the only guy they uh, changed, though, bringing in a whole host of new names, including Jakob Janosz and Joe Worsley as setters. Jakob Janosz, captain of the Czech national team during Eurovolley, however, was often benched uh, during the tournaments. Kind of an inconsistent guy. Joe Worsley graduating from University of Hawaii, 
very generously listed at 6'1". I think he's maybe even a little shorter. Very good athlete and defender, though. Excellent hands. We'll see. Maybe we see a little bit of a uh, back row setting sub for him. There's just a lot of interesting names for Friedrich Schaffen. A lot of the time, they've gotten pretty good value out of guys that were perhaps underrated in the past. Brought in guys like Nehemia Mote, the very athletic middle blocker from Australia, however, often prone to a lot of mistakes. Nikolai Georgiev, who played in Japan last season and had a very good summer with the Macedonian national team, at least for their standards. However, I'm a little worried about their outsides. They lost both their starters in Protopsaltis and David Sossenheimer. Not fully sold on the people they have replacing them. The third team in Pool E, Nack Roselar. The second team from Belgium. You know, they still have Brett Walsh, Peter Kuhlman, Hendrik Tuerlinks locking it down. As the three core players returning from last year, they also add Canadian national team starter Daniel Jansen Van Dorn. Great addition to the team by them, and you know him and Brett Walsh should already be fairly familiar with each other. Not a huge fan of their outside hitters. Belgium with so many good outside hitters, but they just ne never really end up playing in Belgium. Even if it was guys like Igor Grobelny or Francois Lecat, would probably be an upgrade on the outside hitters that Knack has this season, but unfortunately, just Belgium always has a tough time convincing them to stay. Anyway, I don't think Knack 2 will really provide any resistance in this pool i think zach's uh given the question marks associated with the other teams and undoubtedly with whoever whichever team makes it through in the other qualifier i think i think zach's has got this on lock which is too bad because if like trentino was in this pool it would make things a lot more interesting instead zach's should relatively easily be able to come through so those are the draws for the champions league probably my favorite tournament to watch out of all of them. I mean, Italy is really fun. Poland's really fun. But I think if you had to follow one club volleyball tournaments in volleyball, I, th I think it would definitely have to be Champions League. Really looking forward to the season. Hope you guys were able to catch a bit of volleyball last weekend. More Polish games coming midway through this week if you're looking for something to watch during the week. And thanks for joining me on this professional volleyball recap. Hope you have a good week.